wanted to share this message. I really had this in my heart, and God's been showing me this. I shared a little bit of it with Alive last night, and uh, we talked a little bit of, uh, about communication, and, and they are a sight and sound generation. Um, I, I can keep up somewhat with the things that are going on, but uh, those, those of you who are in your 20s and those of you who are especially are, you know, in your teens, you, you don't know anything that's not sight and sound. You know, what are you communicating with? Most of us have, you know, a cell phone. And in our life, think about it where you are. Uh, it, how panicked do we become if our cell phone dies? You know, I mean, it's like, oh, oh my goodness. Now, I've got, I've got, it said 20%, and I got a little red line on my battery, which means this bad boy could go dead at any moment, which means I will be out of contact with the universe. And my life will probably stop spinning, and, and, I, and I won't know what's going on, and people won't be able to get a hold of me, and, and I, I, could be in, I could be in real trouble, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find a way. You know, I mean, we got to like, oh, i got to plug in my phone, and how many times do you wake up in the morning and you forgot to plug in your phone, and your heart sinks? Oh, no. I don't, I don't have my phone. Uh, what am I going to do? Email's down at work today. Oh, how are we, oh, we going to exist? How's the business going to go on? How are we going to do it if we don't have our email? If, if we don't have this opportunity to, what, you want to buy a stamp? What's a stamp? You know, kids today, don't, they don't understand stamps. They don't know what checks are. They don't know. I said, you know what? There was this day. It was so long ago that nobody had a phone outside of their house. What? Oh, they all, you know, it's like I'm talking heresy. Whoa, No. Don't say it's so. And I said, yeah. And, and it was this day, and, you know, it, it wasn't that long ago. Right. And, and, and there was this really cool kid who really had everything, and they were really rich, and they had a bag phone. And they got this big leather case, and they carried it on a shoulder strap. Mark, you had one. You know, that was like, you know, that was cool. And uh, you walked around, you toted this thing, because that, that meant you were cool. And when you wanted to call somebody, you had to set the phone down and open it up, and then you had to get out the receiver, and it was wired to the box. So you had to pull it up, you know, and then you had to dial this number, tick, 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 tick. And then you had to hope you had reception, and, and, if, and if you were lucky enough, that call went to somebody's house, but it was like $6 a minute. What? Yeah, I'm not lying to you. Oh, you're making this up. No, no, this is the way it was. And somehow we existed. I don't know how it was. We existed without cell phones. We existed without email. And, and I don't know how it worked. You know, I mean, I, they let me drive from here, from Lafayette to Tulsa, from Tulsa to Lafayette, in broken down cars with no cell phone. You know, I mean, it was just like, you know... Ah, you know, now I don't even, you know, Daniel, Grandma will say, Daniel, can you make it? He goes, Grandma, I've got my phone. It's fine. You know, I, with these, you know, we're always connected. We don't have to worry about anything else. We're always connected. But if, if these things start to malfunction, I got a new iPhone. So I went and got the iPhone 4. I wanted to do it for my kids. They had money. And uh, so I had some time. I went down and waited in line and got them the new phones. And I thought, well, while I'm there, I might as well get one, too, and get one for, I can't get one without getting Elizabeth one, you know. So, uh, so we, got, we got four of them, and, and they don't work worth a darn. So don't go out and get one of these, um, unless you want to continually call people back and say, okay, how much of that did you hear? 
because, you know, it just it, it, it cuts you off all the time. And it's irritating because you can't communicate well, you know. But, but what happens in your life when all those things go down? What do you feel like? It's like, oh, we're devastated. Cable's out. Oh, don't get me started if cable goes out. This guy right here. Before I move into a home, I have the cable guy meet me there the day before so that when I move in, I, I got to have my cable. I can't not have cable. Right? We have to be communicating all the time. You know? I, and if not, boy, don't, just, like, things don't work right. Like, we're looking outside at the pole trying to figure out when that guy's going to get here. No electricity. The email doesn't work. My phone can't charge. And we feel like our life is, is, is imploding. But spiritually in our life, many times, we disconnect the same way. See, we're supposed to be connected by the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of us, connected to the Word, connected with our relationship with God in such a way that, that He can communicate with us at all times. I tried to explain to these youngsters that they used to have these little boxes that people wore on their belts called beepers. You know, and I, you know, I was trying to talk, you know, this little thing you put right here, and then somebody wanted you, they would call you. They would dial your beeper number, and they would input their number, and then your your beeper would go beep, 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 beep. Or if you were really fancy, it would go buzz, buzz, and it would buzz on your belt. And they're like, they're looking at me like, serious? Yes. Even Pete, Pete Dywert said, those were cool. And they looked at Pete, and he goes, I used to wear my dad's to youth group all the time. He said, don't, he said, don't tell him. I just used to take it. I'd play with it, you know. But I said, hey, don't call me. The kids were like, ooh, you got a beeper. You know, well, the deal is, see, those messages like your cell phone, those messages are floating all over the place. If you've flown, the first thing you have to do when you get on the plane before you fly away, you have to turn off your phone. And then when you're in the air and you're flying, you're not getting any messages, you're not getting any texts, you're not getting any emails, you're not getting any calls. And then when you hit the ground, the first thing everybody does is what? Whew, turn that phone on. I got to get that thing. I got to get back communicating with what with the world. And when you turn it on, all of those things they start coming. But see, you turned it on. You connected yourself to the to the the satellite. You've got yourself turned back on. And now all of those messages they weren't just they weren't waiting at somebody's phone. They weren't waiting someplace for you to turn it on. And then the message came. The, those things are flow. They're all over the place. And when you connect, it immediately gives it to you. Spiritually, in our lives, we're not always connected that way. God's speaking to us. He's sharing with us. We have the ability to be connected that way. But sometimes we unplug. Sometimes we drain down. Sometimes we let our battery run out. Sometimes. So tonight, we're going to talk about not allowing those things to happen in our life. Because God wants to communicate with us all the time. Communication is crucial. But, it, but if, you'll, if you'll let your battery die, if you'll turn your phone off, if you'll unconnect from his network, then all the things that he's trying to share and all the things that he's trying to do and all the things that he's trying to speak and lead and guide and do all those, there's nothing going on. You've been in places where your phone hasn't worked and you know how you felt. Spiritually in your life, you don't want to be there. You don't want to be in that place. Communication is incredibly crucial. Communication is really just a, the definition. It's not on your notes, but it's in mine. It says the, the imparting or interchange of thoughts, opinions, or information by speech, writing, or signs. God is speaking to us all the time. He's trying to communicate with us. And many times, we're in the place where we need communication. You know, have you ever been someplace and you really needed to call somebody? Ah, oh, but my phone's dead. 
I think sometimes in our life, what we have spiritually is a little better than the phone because we don't have to go plug ourselves back in somewhere and wait for it to charge up. We can immediately say, oh, see, I'm in communication right away. The cell phone's great, and it's wonderful. But if, but if you turn it off, if you let it die, if you let it go away, it's no different than not having one in your life. And we all have that opportunity. If you want to look and, and kind of turn your way towards Proverbs, we'll be there in just a second. And here's the thing. You will get in trouble. How many of you have missed something? You're going home, you're driving, and your wife's trying to call you, and hopefully your phone's dead and you're not just ignoring the call. But, you know, she's trying to call you to tell you, could you stop by the store to get a few things? But your phone died. Your phone died, of course. I, my phone always dies like a minute before that. You know, it's, I don't know why. I don't know how that happens. But my phone just died, honey. I'm no but your phone dies, and you miss it, and you end up at home, and then what happens? I wanted you to go to the store. I need you to just go to this. And you just oh. We don't want to be, if you don't listen, if you're not communicating, if you're not plugged into the things that God's sharing, you're going to miss stuff along the way. He's going to be speaking to you to go this direction. You won't go there. He's going to be speaking to you this truth, and you miss that. He's going to be speaking to you this principle and leading you and guiding you this way, and you don't end up over there. It's what God has for you, and you miss it because you're not listening. And we don't want to be that way. For the men, it's kind of like instructions. You open up the box, what's the first thing you do with the instructions? Throw them away. Nobody needs them. Those are for the ladies. Those are for the other people who don't know how to do it. But then what do you end up doing in your, in, in your day, 16 hours later, when you're already mad, you've screamed at your wife, you're already upset, and it's Christmas Eve, and now everybody's getting upset, the Christmas tree's falling over, you've thrown eggnog at each other, and you, you go and you get the directions. You find the instructions, and you finally use them. Don't find yourself there. I told Elizabeth one time that when you speak to me and it's important, why don't you give me a warning first? Don't do that. That is not a way to make a point with the wife. Now, I was trying to be helpful because I knew that that would really help me because I was missing stuff. I don't know if she talks a lot or I just don't listen, but some, there was some miscommunication going on. And so, so I said, you know, I said that it wasn't good. But here's the deal. You know, God doesn't always send out an APB. He goes, beep, 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 beep. You've got to listen. You have to be listening all the time. And if you don't, you might miss something. Don't do that. That was not a good thing. She brought that up the other day. I don't know where. I don't know why. I can't remember, but I almost ran off the road. Remember when you told me you wanted a warning? This is a warning. Ah! I want to get out of the car. It's coming back to get me. Here, and, you know, I mean, you've heard me say this. You've heard Pastor Bill say this. You've got two ears and one mouth, so you need to listen twice as much as you speak. Pastor Pam shared that message a couple weeks ago that said, Silence! There's a time for silence. There's a time to remain silent. Silence is golden. Listen, it's on your, I think it's on your uh, notes, your definition. It says, to make a conscious effort to hear, to attend closely to or pay attention, to pay close attention to. Who do you listen to during the day? See, what are you listening to? Now, there's radio going on. There's things happening. There's stuff in your life. You're doing things at work. You're at school. Whatever that might mean. You, you've got a job and you've got opportunities. But, but this, thing, this thing doesn't distinguish between that. It doesn't turn off because you came in church. Obviously, it rings in here all the time. 
You know, it doesn't turn off when you go to school. It doesn't turn off when you go to work. We've got fancy little things where we can make it vibrate instead. See, it doesn't, it doesn't distinguish between the fact that you're having a conversation. How many of you have been having a conversation and somebody's phone ringing and they're like, uh-huh, yeah, right, uh-huh, doing their thing on their phone. You're like, hey, I'm listening, you know. This doesn't, this doesn't distinguish between all that. God doesn't either. You may be in your position at work. You may be doing the things that, that God's called you to do. You're working and doing your job, but he's, he still might be leading you, guiding you, speaking to you something that you need to know. And you can still hear in that time. You don't have to say, okay, hold on a minute. This is a government job. I need to take a break. You know, so I need to come over here and I need to like, you know, just talk to me, God, on my 15-minute break. He's talking to you all the time. You have the opportunity to do that, but, but he is talking to you all the time in Proverbs chapter 4, and it's those couple verses there, 20 to 22. And this is, what, you know, one of the first things that, that Diane, when, when, when I was a mess, and a long time before I was changed around, I was, a, I was a bit of a basket case, even before I was a basket case. So I was like a pre-basket case, basket case. And uh, Pastor Pam even said, you know what, I think you're too much for me. We're sending you somewhere else. So I ended up with Miss Diane, and uh, she sat me down in the nursery over there, and, uh, you know, I spent some time with her as she just kind of began to, to speak the word and, and to rekindle the fire and the things that were on the inside of me. And this was a place that she took me right in the beginning. Because it talks about the importance of the communication that takes place. It talks about the importance of what you're receiving. And it says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. That his words are life, that they're, that, that, that they're health to us. But that's, that's that abundant life that Jesus talks about in John 10.10. 10. It's found in his word. And if you'll give yourself, if you'll incline, if you'll lean yourself into that, it will take care of you. It will open the door for you. It'll make the way for you. It'll provide health for your body. It'll provide life for your existence. But if, if you see this, it says, my son, you must lean, give attention to. You must do that. Not me. At home, I can plug in my wife's phone if she forgets. That helps with the warning thing that I did, you know. I mean, I try to look out for her, you know. But, but, if, I, but if, you, you know, if you go by and your wife's phone, you, you plug it in for her. That doesn't work here. You can pray for, you can encourage, you can teach, you can reach out, but each person individually has to plug their own phone in. Each one of us has to be the person that does that. It, we can't do it for each other. Wouldn't we love to? I mean, that, you know, I mean that, that would be great. I think everybody wouldn't have a problem. Then we'd, Pastor Bill and Pastor Pam would have plugged us all in and we'd have been fine. We wouldn't all have been running back to them 1,400 times, you know, with all the issues. What does Pastor Bill say? Plug your phone in. Okay, sir. Right? What's the Word of God say? What's the Holy Spirit telling you to do? What are you doing? None of those things. Well, when you go plug your phone in, let me know. Give me a call, basically. But, th but that's the way that it works. See, and, and we, we know how it is in the natural. We understand how it is here. You know, uh, what was that? Pastor Pam was going to do something banking, and your bank's going to change over, and for like a 48-hour period, you won't be able to do any online banking. You know, so just for a moment, it was like, oh, I hope I got it all done. You could write a check. You know, I mean, there, there are other options, you know. Now, she writes checks, so, I mean, that wasn't the case. But, I, you know, people are like that. Like, I can't do anything today. I can't go into work. I, my phone's dead. I can't go into, well, the bank is not working right now. I mean, I mean, it's like, oh, it's July 5th. The bank's closed. Oh, I'm out of luck. You know, that doesn't, it's not that way. 
but we think it is. And spiritually in our life, that is the case, and it doesn't bother us. Now, many times, I know we haven't unplugged ourselves because, you know, we're like, forget it, God, I'm doing my own thing. That's not what we do. Many times, it's like, I'm so busy trying to get it all done that I forget to do all of that. You know, when you get busy, and you're, you're working through the day, and you're doing your things, you've been on the phone all day, and, whew, you get home, you're tired. You go to sleep, you just forget to plug in your phone. And there are times in your life where that, that could be the case, where you get so busy trying to do all of the things that you feel like God's told you to do, or you've picked up all of those good things and you're trying to get everything done, that you forget the thing that made you successful in the beginning, which was spending that time and being communicative with the Lord and and being plugged into what he has for you. And here's the deal. You end up lost in your life if you don't hook up with the communicator. You'll end up lost if, if you don't plug yourself into what he has for you. Now, there's Proverbs 28. Sorry, Proverbs 29, I think, verse 8. It's on your paper there. And in the New King James, in the New King James, it says, Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law. Where there's no revelation. Where does revelation come from? From the Word, yep, from the Holy Spirit, yep, from the communication with the Lord. He pours out that stuff to us. And without that, we're lost. There's a couple different versions, but if you look in the New Living Translation, it says, When people do not accept divine guidance... They run wild. But whoever obeys the law is joyful. It says when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. The Message Bible, that was the one I think that was up there. That's the one that really kind of speaks to what I'm saying in this particular instance. And I'd never been one to go back and like have 14 different versions of the same scripture. But I looked at this one and it said if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals... They are most blessed. And in your life, I mean, think about it. Without the phone, we have a tendency to almost not be able to operate. Now, we're a little better because we're older. I mean, we, we can handle it. We can do it. You know, we remember that. And then I said with the beeper thing, then when you got that thing, you went and you put a dime in this little steel box that called a, cell, a pay phone. And then you, call, you rolled this rotary thing around, and they're like, you're blowing my mind. But, but they don't understand that. They don't get it. We kind of do. We kind of understand there's other things. The, ki- the kids don't. They, don't. they don't see that there's another way. When, when we bought these phones, we, we didn't know this was going to be the case, but uh, when we went in the store, they disconnected all the old lines. We just assumed that they would use ours, Elizabeth and I, then we'd take the kids home and they could go do it. But the lady said, no, we have to connect them right here in the store. Well, we were in Indy. And Rachel was babysitting, and Daniel was mowing grass at the golf course and doing his thing. And immediately, there was a little panic, like, they won't be connected. And then another part of me said, cool, do it. Let's just see what happens. They'll be all right. God will take care of them for a couple hours. I mean, we're only in Indy. It's not that far. Grandma's there. But, but, but I, Elizabeth thought, oh, my goodness, I, I got to text him and let him know that his phone's not going to work. His phone doesn't work. So you can't text him. So she sent him a message, and in the little box, it started beeping because the, the text was coming to her at that place. Well, he come to find out, he would started to sweat a little bit, not because he was mowing, but because he started to use his phone on the golf course, and he had, no, he had nothing. So he's like, I mean, he's, he's trying to find somebody that's, what do they do? He's trying to find somebody that's, that's, that's got communication so that he can communicate. What do people do when they're lost 
spiritually in their life. They end up coming to you because you're communicating with the Father. And they need help, and so they come and they find you. Because it says that when people rely on themselves, man, they're just out there. But, but you don't rely on yourself. You rely on God. And, and I've seen that in your life. And I need help. And my phone doesn't work, but yours does. So I come to you and I'm going to say, hey, you know what? Can you help me out? And you do and you pray and you speak to them. And God gives you words through that communication to speak into their life. But then he doesn't leave you just there. Then you give them their phone. And now you've become, you know, AT&T. And you're giving them a phone and saying, here, let me tell you about how you can be in communication with the Lord. Let me tell you about how he wants to pour out his plan and his vision and his purpose for your life. And now you have the opportunity to do that. And if you'll, if you'll do that, if you'll, if you'll allow yourself to be that person, you've got to be in communication. Or else when they come to you, you're like, yeah, dude, my phone's dead too. Sorry. I can tell you what somebody did say at one time, but I can't tell you what they're saying right now. You know, because all the old stuff's on my phone, but I don't have any of the new stuff. And so I can kind of tell you and help you, but I really can't because I'm not, I don't know the new stuff. See, God's pouring out things into your life. He doesn't change. His word doesn't change. His plan and purpose and call for your life doesn't change. But, but he's leading you and guiding you. So that's why it says in John that the Holy Spirit tells us things to come in our life. That he speaks those new things. And if you're not hooked up, you're going to be out of luck. The attending part, the attending to his word, is, is, that's our responsibility. Don't disconnect and don't allow yourself to get caught unplugged because your battery will just go like this. And it'll begin to drain. And then you're going to be left sitting there without, I suppose, in the natural without hope. And here's what happens, and this happens to each one of us, and I shared this with those young people last night. I've been sharing it a little bit in this month. Don't give away a little piece of yourself here, a little piece of yourself there. If you'll entertain the enemy for just a moment... If you'll listen to what he's speaking to you or what he's showing you or you'll take that thought that he's planted and if you'll take that thing, you won't cast off the fiery dart, you won't cast off the vain imagination, you don't rebuke the thing that's come against you. If you just for a second just begin to like, just to listen a little bit. It may not happen at that moment, but that little thing will become a big thing and that little thing will destroy your life. It's a process. And what I've found in my life is that the devil takes opportunity to come big in your life and destroy you in an instant. But more often than not, he comes in a little piece here and a little piece there and a little piece here and a little piece there. And eventually, destruction comes in your life, especially, it seems, for the believer. People become deceived a little piece at a time. They don't just take this gigantic lie and go, Woo, that must be the truth. That doesn't usually work that way. See, when you're a seasoned believer, it says that people will turn away in the last days. You've known people who you thought were rock solid. Man, they're not there anymore. Well, what happened? Somewhere along the way, more than like they've cracked the door to the enemy, and they began to listen to what he was saying. The enemy's cunning. It says he's sly. It says that, I mean, he knows that stuff. He knows the word of God. He knows how to twist it. He knows what you think. He knows where you've been. He knows your past. He knows the things you've fallen for. And he's going to come for you, and he's not going to say, hey, all right, it's time to go kill, steal, and to destroy. Come with me. And you go, okay, that sounds like a good idea. It doesn't work that way. Hey, I want to destroy your life. Fantastic. Let's go. I, it doesn't happen like that. The way it happens is this little piece and this little thought, and you begin to take it, and then it begins to build and begins to go. Turn to Genesis in chapter 3. And this is my, uh, I have my Moses complex. This is my 
my Eve syndrome. Because things were great. I mean, if you go back and, 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 you, and, you, and you look in the garden, just like Pastor Bill shared in the, you know, in the communion time, that, that was God's perfect plan, was to have a family, to have relationship. It says he walked with them in the garden, he talked with them in the garden, he had communication. See, they were plugged in. And not only plugged in, they had all the dominion, all the authority. God said, you can name everybody, you can have everything. Don't touch the tree in the middle, but everything else is yours. And they said, all right. And it said that he had fellowship with them, that he had relationship. But what happened to Eve? How did this all go down that all of a sudden it all went south in an instant? She began to listen to the voice. Instead of stomping on the snake, you know, instead of getting rid of the serpent, instead of turning the enemy away, getting it out of the garden, tend the garden, you know, keep the garden, take care of the garden, protect the garden. Instead of do those kind of things, she began to listen to whatever that was. And it says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat from every tree in the garden? Really? And then it gives Eve the well, yeah, she, she says to him, and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, well, you, you won't, you, surely you won't die. I mean, imagine the conversation. God, God put you here. Really? You think that he would, you know, I mean, this is, this, this a tree looks good. Yeah, 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 it looks good. I mean, how many times have you been talked into sin, been talked into something that you knew in your heart you were standing against, but somehow down the road, through the conversation, you ended up there. You know, the enemy's telling her, hey, it's just a, you know, if you would do that, then you're going to be like God. You know, then you're going to know the difference. And, you know, I mean, he, he's, he, really, does that doesn't sound right. Oh, I don't think he'd kill you. Well, yeah, I said, but, you know, Woody, really, he loves you. Yeah, yeah, he does. He loves me. Now, it doesn't say, I mean, I'm kind of just, you know, having a conversation in my head. It doesn't say that, those particular words. But the enemy, see, that's how he begins to, to kind of come at you. And, and if you're not on your game, if you're not in communication with the Lord, if your phone's dead, you know, I mean, if you've got no Internet, if you've got no email, you know, if you don't have cable, you get a movie. You know, I mean, there's something along the way that you, you begin to fill your time with. And if you're not careful, you begin to fill your time with the wrong things. You begin to listen to the wrong voices. If you get separated and set astray, the enemy doesn't necessarily attack like the whole section over here. He comes after one person over here. And then maybe the next person, and then those two people help with this other person, and he gets in there. You know, it's a little at a time. That's his thing. It says in verse 5, For God knows that in the day that you shall eat of it, your eyes will be open, and you will be like God, knowing all the good and the evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good, you know, it does look good. I don't know why they said apple, you know, but I mean... Apples are good. So every time I bite an apple, sometimes I, you know, eh. But it says that, so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise, she took it and ate it. And then she went to Adam and said, hey, man, this is good stuff. He said, okay. And then immediately their eyes were opened. And what Pastor Bill talked about earlier, the sin consciousness entered the world. And all of a sudden they looked around and realized, oh, my goodness. What have we done? And it says they ran and they hid from God. But what did they do? Most, most importantly, they, they are not in communication anymore. They're not righteous. They've lost that ability. They have no power to charge their phone. All of a sudden, they're just, oh, no. 
where we once had it all in, in just this matter of time, a matter of moments, we don't have anything. And if you'll allow the enemy to disconnect you from your source, surely she could have called for help. Surely she could have done something. Surely there, should have, there, there was a way, because it said God walked and talked with them in the garden and he had a relationship with them. So surely there was communication that was going on, but she chose not to communicate that way, but she chose to communicate with the enemy instead. And it began to ruin all of mankind all the way up until Jesus came. Continues to ruin mankind who doesn't receive Jesus. It hasn't stopped. The opportunity for it to stop in your life exists, but the destruction, it hasn't stopped. It's only growing worse. And it still gets traced back to a situation. I don't want to be the person that has to deal with that kind of deception. Deception is the downfall of the seasoned believer. A piece at a time. You listen to a little bit and it begins to take you down. Linda Turner is a lady that we knew when we were in Tulsa, and I was a young person. I was about 13, 14 years old, and I started hanging around some people I probably shouldn't have hung around. Not Raj. It was some other people. Raj was hanging around with all the good people. I got hooked up and all the bad people. So uh, I, was, I was going a different direction, and uh, I wanted to be cool like all these guys. So I started wearing the thing and putting all the pins on my deal and started doing all that stuff. And, and, and Linda brought me into her office one time, and she sat me down, and I barely knew this lady. And, and I barely knew about the things of the Spirit, the things of God. We just really got to victory. I was just kind of finding my way in the, in, in the school. And, and, I mean, I, you know, I was just trying to, make a, uh, just trying to get somewhere. You know? and, and, and she said, I had a dream about you last night. And, it, and you can tell right away it wasn't a good dream. I mean, it wasn't something where she was going to bless me. It was, it was obviously not good. And I'm already sweating. And I'm trying to be cool, you know. Yeah. But I knew it wasn't going to go good. And then she began to tell me this dream. And how many of you have somebody who's been telling you something about yourself and you know that you kind of bears witness with your heart? All of a sudden your eyes start kind of welling up a little bit. And I'm, I'm 14, so I'm trying to stay cool. But it's not going well. And she said, here's what I saw. That on the collar of your shirt was a little poison. And, and, and you, you were just reaching over and just licking a little bit. And then going about your business. And then a little while later you would just lick a little bit. And she said, but as the dream progressed and as you progressed, you began to lick a little bit more and a little bit more, and you began to get sick. You began to get sicker and sicker and sicker the more you would lick. But it was a little at a time, and it didn't kill you, and it didn't taste that bad, but you continued to kind of just, a little at a time, take a piece. But she said, God told me to tell you that if you don't stop, it will destroy you, and it will eventually kill you. One fourteen. That freaked me way out. That was, you know... But I'll never forget it. And in my life, I was like, all right, man, take off the pens, cut my hair, do whatever you got to do. Yes, ma'am, get me some cords and a tie. I'll, be, I'll join the band, whatever. I was a little freaked out by that. But it was that same idea that a little piece here and a little piece there doesn't seem like a big deal. And see, with kids, this is especially true. You got young people in, in your house. You got young people that you're ministering to or reaching out to. This is because they don't see that this little piece of thing doesn't matter. Nothing happened. I'm all good. Ah, I don't know about that. You know, you may get away with it once, may get away with it twice, may get away with it three times, but eventually those little pieces of deception are going to lead to destruction in your life. In the natural, yes, but in the spirit for sure. But you can hear from God, and he can help you, and he can show you what to do. See, kids feel invincible. In that place, when you're disconnected and you feel like you got it all going on, I was invincible. I was 14. Bring it on. You know, I mean, I had it. I was, I was invincible at 14. I was a scrawny little mutt with a bad haircut. That's what I was. 
but I was invincible. But you know what? Truly, you've talked to people that have been like this. They're totally disconnected, and you're trying to speak to them, and you're trying to show them the truth, and you're trying to say, come on, you're being deceived. That is not God. That's not his word. He doesn't operate that way. And you're pouring it out in their life, and they're going, you don't know what you're talking about. I am fine. See, they feel invincible. They feel like they're doing the right thing, but really they're at their most vulnerable because now they're completely cut off from the communication. They've completely unplugged themselves from the life force that God is in their life. And, and if, if that happens, man, I'm telling you, it'll take, it'll take you out that quick. The enemy, man, he'll get an opportunity, and, and somewhere down this road, boom. And you don't want to be in that place, and it's not scare tactics. It's like, you know what, God, I don't have time for that. I want what you have for me. I mean, I don't think any of you come here and say, you know what? I don't want what God has for me. I don't want all the goodness. I don't want all the grace. I don't want all those things. I think we do. But I, but I think sometimes in our life we don't want to follow after him so that we can have those things. We want to have those things and not follow, and that doesn't work. You can't be out of communication and still receive all of God's goodness and his abundance. It doesn't work. But you can stay connected. In John, in chapter 10, it says, in the New King James, that's the one that says, my sheep hear my voice. And it says that, that, that the voice of a stranger, they won't follow in, in verse 5. But look at the message, and she's going to put the message up here in the Bible on, on the screens because some of you don't have that. It says, when, when he gets them all out, the Lord, when the Lord gets them all out of the corral, he leads them and they follow because they're familiar with his voice. Go back to one. Can you do that, Sarah? And I'm just going to put that on the list, but John 10, 1 in, in the message. If you go back that it begins to read this story to us and tells us what's going on. Let me set this before you as plainly as I can. If a person, now this is what they're talking about. This is what Jesus is saying. If a person climbs over or through the fence of a sheep pen, instead of going through the gate, you know he's up to no good. He's a sheep rustler. And the enemy comes not through the gate saying, hi. The enemy comes from over here somewhere saying, hey, what's up? Psst, hey, come here a minute. Psst, hey. Just click on this. Just look at this. Just do this. Just listen to this. It says the shepherd walks right up to the gate. And when he walks up to the gate, he opens the gate, and the sheep recognize his voice. He calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. Then it goes on, and it says when he gets them all out, he leads them, and they follow because they are familiar with his voice. They know his voice. They won't follow a stranger's voice, but they, they'll scatter because they aren't used to the sound of it. How many times when the enemy comes, you go, stop, get out, go away, you're bound in Jesus' name, get away from me. Well, that's silly. Well, I saved my life. You know what I mean? Are you, are you that vigilant? Are you that vigilant to say, I bind that thought in Jesus' name? I cast that thing down. See, I'm standing against that. And when God speaks to you, you say, ooh, I know that voice. I receive that. Father, let that be done in Jesus' name. When I come home, my dog does not like a lot of people. Now, I'm, I'm you know, she's getting better. Maisie's a, a, my, my little darling, and she's like seven years old. But she barks at a lot of people. Yeah, she barked at Bill for years. She saw Bill every day for like three years and barked at him every day like she'd never seen him before. He tried treats, tied things, you know, bacon to his head, all kinds of stuff, and nothing worked. But uh, when I come home, when I drive up to the house, I, I, sometimes she'll bark a little bit. And from outside the door, as I come up, I can say, Maisie, stop, it's me. And she doesn't bark anymore. Because she knows my voice. She knows it's me. And she knows it's okay. Anybody else comes, walks in, she gets a little, gets a little growly. She barks. 
if she gets to know them, it's less and less. But it's not like it is with me. Even with Elizabeth or the kids, I try to get them to say, say something to her. So she'll start barking and I can watch TV. You know, I can't hear because she's barking. You know, say something to her. She won't, <laughs> she doesn't listen to me then, but she, when I drive home, she does. And they'll say something and it takes her a few minutes to recognize who it is and then she might get quiet and kind of go away. But I can do it from outside in the driveway. I can say, hey, Maisie, shh, it's me. And she hears me and she listens and she, she stops. See, God's speaking to us that way. He's sharing with you that way. And it says that his sheep hear his voice and know his voice. Whether that's the word that pastors are preaching to us, whether that's something that you have in your devotional time, whether that's a moment when you're praying and you're connecting with God, you know, on that time in the morning and he's sharing something with you, that you know that's him. And man, you hear his voice and you listen to, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that same thing kind of continues throughout your day. Not only does he speak to you, not only does he want to share with you, but it says in James, and you can look there, and it's verse, it's chapter 1. And it's five through eight. And it says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Then it goes on, says, but let him ask in faith with no doubting, for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. Hang on, Sarah, let's go back and do one five in the message, and we'll go through in the message and read that. Because it says that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask, and God will give to us liberally, which means he is in communication with us. He has dialed our number, and if we've got our phone on and we're listening, we say, God, you know what? Hey, I need something. I need some help. I don't know what to do. It says in his word that he will answer us, and he will provide a way, and he will make a way. Yeah, but it's not happened before. Hey, give God a chance. I know it will happen. It says if you don't know what you're doing, (laughs) which is me a lot, it says, pray to the Father, which I've been doing a lot. And it says, he loves to help, which he does a lot. It says, you'll get his help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believing without a second thought. People who worry their prayers, that's different than the person who comes boldly to the Lord and says, Father, I'm in a situation that you've called me to. I do not know what I'm supposed to do. This just uh, You need to give me wisdom right now where I am. Father, show me the thing I'm supposed to say, do, act, whatever that is. It's like, oh, Lord, I don't know. We're going to go down. We're not worrying our prayers. They are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the master that way. Then it goes on in verse 8 and says, adrift at sea, keeping all of your options open. See, it's, it's not that you're necessarily being worried about your prayers. It's that you're not just praying to God. You're looking, you got all the other things going on too. Well, you know what, God, in case you don't come through, I'm going to Google it. You know, and then I'm going to call somebody that went, you know, I'm going to check it all out. I'm going to do everything that, you know. I trust you. Oh, I'm with you. I trust you. See, because it says, you know, one of the things here, the five things is trust. I, I trust you. Oh, I trust you. But just in case, you know, I'm going to do this. And, and you, you, there's not the plan B. There's a plan A. But I don't know plan A. Then get connected. Get hooked up. Get in that place and in that, in that point where you're, you're communicating with him. If you'll do that, then he will give you wisdom. If you do that, you'll hear his voice. He'll begin to lead you in his word. He'll begin to lead you in the way. Maybe somebody that speaks something to you, you go, oh, I I, I feel like that's what God said to me. That's exactly it. There's there's all of those kind of opportunities in your life. And five things, and these aren't new to me. These These are five things Pastor Bill taught me somewhere along the way. But they're five things that will help us keep connected and plugged in. The first one is you must have an intimate relationship with God. And an intimate relationship takes time. You know, my wife and I, 
we, we, we knew each other for, for a while before we were married. We were only engaged for like a, a week and a half or something. I mean, it was quick. I don't even know when it really went down. Maybe like, huh? We only dated for a week and a half, and then we were engaged for two months, and then we got married. I don't know how it all went, but it was quick. <laughs> but before that, we were like best friends for like a year and a half. See, we began to, I began to, we talked. We found out about each other. We, we, we just were, we were really truly friends. And, and, and we got to know each other very well. But that took time. That took a long time. And having an intimate relationship with God doesn't just happen overnight. Are you, are you alive unto God overnight? Yes, instantly. Are you a new, creature, or a new creature in Christ? Yes, definitely. I mean, you are right there. You are in his family overnight. You don't have to do anything to be in his family and prove something. You are there when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But this intimate relationship of knowing God and following after him and reading, the next one says you must have the word as your foundation. That takes time. That takes effort. That doesn't come overnight. You know, maybe you've been through VBI. You know. I mean, we've had people that have taken 13 years to get through VBI. Hey, praise God. You got through. Amen. I mean, that's, you know, that's better than being 13 years and not getting through it and saying, I wish I would have gotten through it. The best time to plant a tree, you know when the best time to plant a tree is? Five years ago. See, the best time to plant a tree was five years ago. You can plant one now, that's awesome. Five years ago, it would have been great now. You know, it would have been grown. I think about that because I've, I've lost a bunch of trees, you know, and so I, I've got one in my front yard. I finally said to Elizabeth one day, let's buy a tree today. Why? Because it's, it's, I should have done it five years ago. And so now we've planted our little plum tree. And it, I mean, it's getting big about four years in. I think next year might be the fifth year, so I get to see what it would have looked like, you know. The best time to plant a tree was five years ago. The best time to find out what God has for you, today, right now, man. I mean, five years ago would have been good, but hey, if you missed it up till now, today's a great day. I mean, five years ago would have been good for that tree, but if I didn't have that five years ago, I'm going to do it right now. That's what I finally came to that realization. I'm planting it today. Because I didn't plant it five years ago. Oh, I worried about that for a long time. Oh, we should have planted ten trees. Five years ago, we didn't. And you do that for years. And then it's another five years goes by, and you go, oh, now it's ten. <laughs> Plant a tree today. Plant a tree. Get connected, whatever that is. The next thing is you must listen to the Holy Spirit. Now, this is a time and maturity issue. We've talked all about this. Go look online. Find all the messages that we talked about on a Wednesday night somewhere back in April around there where we talked about listening and hearing the voice of the Spirit, determining God's direction and, and knowing how he speaks to us and those kind of things. But that, it becomes a mature process. It says in Romans 8, 14, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons and daughters of God. And, and, and I throw in the word mature sons and daughters. Because that's a, that's a process, that's a learning, that's a, you make a few mistakes here, but you get a few things right, and you're growing in the Lord to the point that as you mature, you know. You know, you, I mean, you know your wife's voice when she calls you on the phone. You know your husband's voice on the phone. But that first time, maybe not. Hopefully not when you were married, but, you know, maybe another time. You know, like, but you might not have known it then. But over that period of time, you're in tune. You know exactly what they're saying to you with very little communication. Because you're kind of doing this thing right here. You're connected. The fourth thing says you must believe and trust in God. Psalms 37. Feed on his faithfulness. You know, all of those kind of things. It says don't fret. It only causes harm in verse 9. You stay connected to who he is. You mean you're, you're just, you're, you're gleaning off of him all the information. And I'm talking to a seasoned veteran. You know, I mean, I so saw, you know, many of us are in that spot or we're, we're, I mean, we're doing it. You're on it. You're in it. Some are new, and you're thinking, oh, I've got to get connected. I've got to get me a phone. 
You know, some got saved today. Praise God. That gives me you are connected now. It's like God has given you a phone. You have an opportunity. Your spirit man is alive on the inside of you now. Now begin to develop that relationship. Begin to develop that communication. Continue to stay plugged in. You know people maybe who get saved and they get plugged in and the next week they're unplugged and then they get plugged in again. Hey, you know, don't look down on that. Just say, praise God, you're plugged back in. Let's get going. The last thing says you must act on what God speaks to you and shows you. If he's beaming these things to us, if he's communicating these things with us, it says that it's for our blessing and for our good. Right? If you go back to the 29, if you go back to the 29.8 in Proverbs, it says that the person who leans on the law, who listens to the law, who has that vision, who has that, that reassurance, who has that thing, then they're full of joy, that they're living the blind, that there's a blessing. See, all those things happen. Do the, uh, the message one in that one in the 29.18. Because this is true. Isaiah 1.19, right, says, you know, the willing and the obedient will eat the good of the land. Not just the willing, but the obedient. It says if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. But this is us in the next part. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are what? Most blessed. Not just blessed. I mean, blessed to be good. Blessed to be all right. I'd like to be blessed. That's good. Most blessed. Oh, there's more than blessed. I want to be most blessed. If I'm going to be there, if I'm going to do it, I want to be the most blessed. I mean, okay, you know, a little bit's great, but hey, if you got a whole bunch for me, that's like the dump truck pulling up to your house full of money. And you're saying, you know what, I only need like 45 bucks today. Guy gets out of the dump truck, looks around, pulls 45 bucks out and gives it to you. He was about to most bless you. Beep, beep, beep. Dump all that out. But we, we you know, we sat, we're satisfied with you. Yeah, it's all right. Most blessed, more than enough. Now, when he beep, beep, beeps and you get most blessed, that's not so that you can have all that and push it in the garage and shut the door. That's so that you can get the blower out and start spreading it around the neighborhood. Right? Start shooting that stuff around, whatever God has for you to do. Come by this house, it's the blessed house. People parked outside for miles because you're shooting whatever. See, you're blessed to be a blessing. And if you're not in communication, if you've unplugged yourself, you can't be most blessed. And if you can't be most blessed, then how can we, as a body of Christ, be blessings to those who are around us? Because that's ultimately what it's about. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's stand up together tonight. Amen? God is good. He is on the throne. God is good all the time, and all the time God is good, and that is the We hope you've been encouraged, strengthened, and challenged in your walk with Jesus. If you need prayer for situations in your life, we encourage you to email us at prayer at victorylafayette.org or call our offices at 765-447-7777. If you desire to make Jesus the Lord of your life or if you've drifted away from the relationship you once had, I encourage you to pray this prayer with me today. Heavenly Father, I believe that you love me. I believe Jesus died for me and rose from the dead. Today, I confess Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and I receive the forgiveness for all my sins. Holy Spirit, I thank you that you come into my life and empower me to live a victorious life. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen.